saying is you have to fight complexity with complexity. And uh, I totally agree with him. There's not a simple solution for a big and uh, difficult problem. So that means that we have to open up for collaboration. We need to work together on problems. We need to share information and we really need to open up. And not only in the Netherlands. You're listening to Building the Future, a podcast by Cadan Science Partner. And my name is Rudy van Beurde. This is a special mini-series about campus development. Because if there's one place where the future is being built, it's here. In this episode, we're going to talk about the impact of campuses and science parks, focusing on social and economic impact and why it is important to create impact. I will be discussing this topic together with three guests. With me today are Edward van der Meer, director of Campus Groningen, Jacques van Dintre, president of IADP, Innovation Area Development Partnership, and Tom Streter, senior ecosystem manager at Cadence. Good day, gentlemen. Morning. 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 Hello, good day. Tom, uh, we're back again, episode two. In the first episode, we heard about um, campus development and the various options there are, being at a campus, a science park, or an innovation district. In this podcast episode, we're going to focus on the first two ones of them. And we've seen that it is very good to take the needs and the demands of tenants in consideration. But all of these areas, why are they so important actually in the bigger picture? It's very good for them to uh, focus on the tenants, but what are we achieving with those campuses? Well, I think it's very important for every campus and so for every campus management organization to make uh, socio-economic impact. So you can prove that all the uh, money is, that is spent in, into the campus management, but also into the facilities and actually the whole environment created to be innovative, um, uh, pays off. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, a lot of emphasizes in the campus management activities should be on uh, improve and show um, the impact you make uh, as a campus. Mm -hmm. Jacques, um, you're working with IADP. You're actually one of the founders together with Paul, who we've heard in the first episode. Mm -hmm. And you do a lot of research on campuses and science parks internationally. How do you stand in this on the topic of social economic impact yeah well i think it's uh, like uh, tom said very important to um, uh, to make clear to investors but also to the um, for example the city council um, that the funding of such uh, parks such innovation areas um, is fruitful um, only the problem is that um, we're talking about employment which is easy Um, but when you're talking about uh, patents, um, uh, patents, when, when you're talking about um, uh, the flows of money, then it becomes very uh, difficult to show uh, the results of uh, such a science park. On the other hand, I think that most people um, uh, are convinced that uh, science parks uh, and other areas of innovation can help because um, you allow um, institutions, uh, companies uh, being together, Uh, working on innovation, working on crossovers, and um, 
you can even organize uh, serendipity. Mm-hmm. But making clear what exactly um, the result will be is very difficult. And uh, such research is also very expensive. True. Well, maybe Edward has some questions or some answers better put for us. Um, Edward being the director of uh, Campus Groningen, um, we're talking about socioeconomic impact, but maybe also working on bigger societal challenges. Everyone knows of the sustainable development goals. And if I'm correct, Campus Groningen is focused at three specific areas, isn't it? Yeah, I think we're working on the sustainable goals that everyone's working on, Mm -hmm. but we have a focus. Uh, We're trying to make the world a bit healthier, a bit greener and sustainable. And uh, we're doing that by working on several topics. So digital is very important for us, but also chemistry. Chemistry is a foundation of a lot of new innovation. Uh, So there are a lot of topics we're working on, but we're working on the the transitions that I think a lot of people are working on in the the Netherlands and the rest of the world. Yeah. And um, similar to Leiden that we heard about in the first episode, you also have a hospital and a university within your grounds. Can you give us a few figures to tell us a little bit more about the size or the scope of Yeah, at our campus, 70,000 people, and they consist of uh, companies, students, researchers working on these goals. Uh, there are about 200 uh, companies, more over 200 companies uh, at our campus. Uh, so it's a big number. Uh, we are one of the biggest co- uh, campuses in the Netherlands. So things are going strong. A lot of it is happening. Also in the summer times, because a lot of people from Groningen are students, aren't they? And then yeah, they... if you look at the number of 70,000, a lot of them are students, so that's correct. Yeah. But I think that students are actually uh, the starting point of a lot of innovation. Uh, it's all about talent, so we nurture the talent, and we are very pleased that there are so many talent people at our campus. And at summertime, it's not as busy as when it's uh, uh, in the season of uh, college. That's, yeah. that's true. We just heard Jacques telling it's quite difficult to measure this impact. Uh, what do you think about that? I think it's it's difficult to measure it on uh, specific points. But if you have projects, you can see what kind of projects do exist uh, of the ecosystem. So, of course, we, have, uh, we all uh, map the data so we can see how many uh, people are working with us, what is the growth of the campus. And we can see that our campus, but all the campuses in the Netherlands, are doing significantly better than the rest of uh, the city. So the growth of campuses uh, is better than other places. That's that's a fact, and we can uh, show that by showing the data. But then again, what does that mean for the societal impact? That's that's another question. Mm -hmm. And I think that that we have some projects where you really can show the difference that the campus made for the impact. Uh, I can give an example if you want. Please, yeah. yeah. So uh, one of, I think, a very good example uh, is uh, that uh, the board of the hospital uh, called me and said, okay, we have a problem. It was in Corona. Everyone was uh, hesitating uh, about making investments. It it was, well, you know the time. And uh, he said, okay, we have a problem with uh, delivery of medicines. And uh, that's a big problem. It's not only a problem in the Netherlands. It was a problem in all of Europe. So, uh, and he said, okay, I'm not expecting you to solve this problem at this moment. Uh, that's that's not logical. But I really want to avoid this problem again. So can you ask the companies what they can do to help us with uh, secure the production of uh, medicine? So we started with uh, 45 companies and uh, we said, okay, what can we do to help the UCG? And we started a collaboration and uh, actually uh, it led to some ideas about how can we make new medicine greener, better, uh, and what do we need for that? 
And while we were doing that, we found out that in Leiden, uh, 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 well, you mentioned just Leidenet, but also in Os, they're working on similar problems. And we said, okay, if we want to solve this problem, we not only should look at our own area, but we should work together with the rest of Netherlands uh, and perhaps even Europe. And we started a collaboration. And at the end of the collaboration, uh, we uh, get funding from the Dutch government uh, to invest 80 million euros into new facilities that can produce green medicines, but also work on human capital. So we really made an impact uh, for our region and not only for our region, but together with our partners for, uh, I think, uh, the Netherlands. And this is, I think, an example where you can show how a network works. Hats off to you, especially for this collaboration. Tom, I guess this is music to your ears, yeah, isn't it? And I think this is a splendid example of uh, showing your impact of a, a campus uh, for the local and uh, nationwide society. So normally we're talking about impact in terms of job growth or, or uh, tangible innovation. But as a campus, you should also show your uh, contribution to the well-being of, of the society, for example. And um, well, I, I think this is really, really important because a lot of campus management organizations are uh, uh, funded by public organizations and uh, once in in several years all those public organizations are, um, are looking at their investments and uh, need to make an, a new decision for the upcoming years and if you can show such results at that moment then uh, you can guarantee your own uh, funding for the upcoming years. Definitely, it's very, very powerful evidence indeed. Jacques? Um, uh, to add on, um, I, I do know that uh, from um, uh, science parks worldwide, 80% is uh, funded by uh, municipalities. So that's why uh, the city council will be very much interested in um, uh, in the results. But um, what Edward uh, was telling, is uh, talking about was uh, is very interesting because... Uh, Say about 10 years ago, the focus of science parks often was on the, uh, the city or the region, and that's it. Um, and now people do understand that uh, in innovative companies, you can find them all over um, uh, the region. And a science park is a very interesting focus point in the region. But more important is um, that you do realize that you're in an international network uh, it's so easy to contact uh, people in um, uh, Asia or in uh, South America. And uh, I think that uh, Campus Groningen is one of the first um, uh, science parks in the Netherlands that has a focus on this uh, type of uh, international networks. And I think that's a future and a new development uh, when we're talking about areas of innovation, especially uh, science parks. Excellent. Yeah, we heard already also before in the previous episode that it's good to find people or to meet people and to group them together who already are standing on common ground. Um, Edward, you, what I found on the website and the external communication are focusing on three specific areas, which you mentioned um, roughly already, which are healthy aging, sustainable society and energy. How did you come up with specific these three pillars? Uh, it's, it's all. I think, uh, to be honest, uh, for Groningen, it's very difficult to make a, a very pinpointed uh, direction. If you look, for example, at Wageningen University, they can make a very clear uh, choice. And, and the University of Groningen is a broad university, so they, they do a lot. Uh, and, and, and so it's difficult to make a right choice. So what we did is we looked at our surroundings. So not only what is the university good at, but also what can you do with the rest of your uh, region. 
And uh, so energy, I think it's pretty, cl pretty clear that uh, Groningen already has a long history of energy, uh, being a provider of gas, but also being a provider of a lot of infrastructure of gas. So a lot of people often forget that it's not only the gas that came out of the ground, but also the gas that is imported from the rest of the world that run through uh, uh, Groningen. So there's a lot of knowledge about not only uh, 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 the, the typical things as uh, how does it work, but also law and, uh, and, and other things. So therefore energy is a, a very logical choice. Yeah. If you look at sustainability, uh, I think we have a rural uh, uh, area around Groningen. So a lot of farmers live there. So topics as agri-food, uh, how can we close the circle of uh, sustainability, that is also very logical. So I can give you later an example how, the, how, how that works. Uh, and healthy, healthy aging, yeah, we have one of the best and biggest hospitals uh, of the Netherlands at our ground. So it would be stupid to do not something about <laughs> it. Yeah, clear enough, clear enough. Um, yeah, th th this is actually what you want. You want to see what questions come in, like the example you gave before of the of the hospital board that asked you during pandemic times. Um, but also you want to do something with what is the potential of the tenants. And Tom, you with Cadans for some years already are doing these surveys and you're also checking uh, one their satisfaction but maybe some things are to be seen what how they develop and whether they are in the right ecosystem isn't it yeah correct so uh, we all agree that it's very important to show your impact and actually as Cadans, we are using uh, some some instruments to to research this ourselves but uh, we can offer these instruments to the campus management uh, on the sites where we are uh, represented. So one of these instruments is the annual cadence tenant survey in which we or with which we are collecting data like job growth or collaboration on science parks among our tenants and themselves but also uh, uh, between our tenants and the other organizations on a campus or in a region and this is very useful data uh, for campus management and other stakeholders to uh, show insights into the socio-economic impact of a campus. Mm -hmm. And now you have companies at 25 campuses throughout Western Europe. Do you sometimes see companies moving from the one campus to the other or is that hard to tell? Well, uh, maybe not uh, relocating, but opening an extra location, so co-locating on, on other sites. And we can help them with that as well. Uh, and if, if we see a demand, we bring them in contact with the campus management at, at this new site as well. Even better, yeah. Jacques, you told before it's quite hard to measure, even though Edward gave some examples. What do you think to even get more out of these areas, out of these campuses and science parks? Are there some research questions that we should ask ourselves and start investigating? Tom is talking about their internal research, obviously, mm -hmm. but on a broader scale. <laughs> there are so many. Uh, just look at the climate. Mm -hmm. um, uh, now, I, one of the interesting things is um, uh, Edward uh, uh, said, well, maybe three focus points uh, on, uh, on a science park. Um, but uh, problems are so complex uh, nowadays that um, uh, where you saw uh, science parks uh, years ago, say 10, 20 years ago, have some focus on um, uh, technical problems or uh, social problems, just name it. Uh, but a very specific um, uh, focus, uh, bioscience, life sciences. Um, and nowadays, um, uh, 
people are more and more talking about crossovers. Wouldn't it be interesting to have completely different uh, companies and institutions on a science park and um, trust on serendipity? Could it be possible that completely different uh, companies will find new solutions? Uh, and one example uh, uh, is, for example, in, in, in Nijmegen, in, in, in the Netherlands, um, where they are looking for um, uh, micro chips uh, in combination with uh, healthcare. And I think that that kind of um, uh, solutions um, will be found more and more and can help to solve um, uh, problems. And by doing so, uh, uh, enlarging the impact of a science park or an innovation area. Mm -hmm. Edward, before I ask you whether you see potential in this, Tom, how can this be done? Because earlier on we spoke about activities and all the things that a management of such a science park or campus can provide. But there's also a very other way to do so with the serendipity, maybe for 24 hours or 48 hours in a row, we invite youngsters to put their teeth into one big problem. Yeah, correct. So uh, at Cadence, with our ecosystem management approach, we all the time stimulating uh, meetings, serendipity uh, meetings, uh, uh, collaborations, knowledge sharing, and we even invite uh, the local community to our events to make sure uh, that all the knowledge uh, uh, out of uh, coming out of our tenants out of the science park uh, is implemented uh, in the local society as well but they uh, sometimes the local local community uh, is offering a lot of knowledge to the scientists as well so uh, a very practical example is that we are uh, partnering in a lot of hackathons for example uh, in, uh, and in this hackathon uh, a, a local challenge is uh, formulated and everybody is working on this challenge for a weekend and then uh, a solution comes up and is implemented in the local community yeah, so that's awesome. wonderful right yeah, yeah. not e even before you would group companies and organizations together this could be yeah already a step in between and and maybe another example is that uh, and, and the, the first one of this will be in our new uh, multi-tenant building at Utrecht Science Park is that we're also building innovation galleries so this will be uh, physical places within our properties where we show the uh, tested innovation uh, of our tenants but also of the rest of uh, the campus and even uh, from organizations in the region and within uh, from our whole European network that it actually becoming visible what is being worked on throughout Europe. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's really important to show this uh, to the local community and to all the stakeholders in the campus. Fair enough, definitely. Yes. Edward, just uh, bring on more and more serendipity is one thing that Jacques would like to see. Is this something that you think about as well as a director of Campus Groningen? Yeah, I think what Jacques is actually saying is you have to fight complexity with complexity. And uh, I totally agree with him. There's not a simple solution for, for, for a big and uh, difficult problem. So that means that we have to open up for collaboration. We need to work together on problems. We need to share information and we really need to open up. And not only in the Netherlands, but also with, with other parties. That's why I'm actually pleased with uh, parties that work not only in the Netherlands, but also in Germany and England. So as Cadence is working at this moment. That gives us more insights in, in issues we want to address. I, I really think that what is important is to have a good mission, but the mission is very easy. So I think everyone agrees on this room that we need a better world and we need a greener world. So that's, that's easy. You also need a strategy. How are we going to contribute to that mission? And if you have a small contribution uh, 
in a bigger hole, that's what you should go for. So if we can help Leiden, for example, to solve an issue, to make a, a better medicine, we should help Leiden. Other ways around, Leiden should help us, us as well. And if this is a new culture. We really need to work on, an, on an, a different uh, working uh, area. And um, we actually make difference in between how are we going to reach our goals for, let's say, the world, but also how are we uh, helping our local companies to help with this goal. Uh, and uh, I want to give you an example that I think is very nice. Uh, I'm very proud that Ave Bay, it's a big uh, company at our campus, uh, has a research uh, area at our campus, is on our campus because they really helped us to see how things are working. So I already mentioned that Groningen has a lot of farmers and they need to uh, grow all kinds of uh, uh, things like potatoes. Crops. So, uh, crops and other things, yeah. But a potato uh, has uh, two, uh, several main ingredients, but one of them is starch and the other one is proteins. Uh, and uh, this is actually a solution how we can solve, uh, let's say, uh, uh, a lot of things in the world for a, a replacement of um, uh, meat. Uh, and uh, AFB actually is a crucial in that. They, they can help the farmer to uh, make their income better by adding value to their production. But while they're doing that, they also have the resources to research, to make better products, work together with big companies like Unilever and make real products that can be sold all over the world and create a, a, a real contribution uh, and uh, well, solving some of the issues we are working on this moment. And this is how it works. So you have uh, people that work on bigger goals. You look at what can I contribute to it? And sometimes it's a small step. Sometimes it's growing a potato, also a contribution to solving uh, the issue. And I think that if we look at this to problems, then you get really a, an ecosystem uh, approach. And that is something that I, I'm very passionate about. Excellent. Makes me think back about an episode that we did way before, also in Building the Future episode, how are we going to feed the ever-expanding world population? But Edward, you're also saying we have to... Uh, uh, fight complexity with complexity. Jacques, I'm just looking at you because we all know about the triple helix in which research, educational organizations work together with government and also with yeah, commercial organizations. But then there's also such thing as a quadruple helix. What can you teach us about that? <laughs> um, well, I, I, I'm rather critical about that because... Um, uh, by talking about the quadruple helix, um, you're talking about uh, adding uh, people, especially uh, people living in um, uh, in the city, living around uh, or in an area of uh, of innovation. As um, a fourth stakeholder, next yes, to the three yes. earlier on mentioned. Um, and I wonder why you should do that, uh, especially when you're talking about um, uh, a science park. It's uh, a fenced area often, and. Um, I don't know what you have to uh, look for as a citizen there. The only thing is that uh, you can open up the science park to people to show what's going on and especially to young people, uh, talent, to attract them. Um, but I think that's it. The only thing is that when you're talking about an innovation district, it could be different because that's multifunctional. Uh, it's about housing. And um, then it's different. And then I think uh, people should be involved Otherwise, would be a, a rather uh, strange um, uh, development. So, 
I'm not enthusiastic about uh, the idea of a quadruple helix. All right, gentlemen, Tom? Yeah, I agree with Chuck that uh, it can make your innovation processes uh, and your ecosystem more complex by adding the civilians to, to the whole process. But on the other hand, um, it's also very important and a very nice way to show your socioeconomic impact to the local community if you interact with them and make sure that they're going to use your your innovation so to say and i i can can give a nice example of this actually um this is an example from at the park in, in Rijswijk. um uh, at this campus uh, there's uh, the, the municipality of Rijswijk initiated a new consortium on energy um and uh, this consortium uh, is uh, has the purpose to encourage knowledge uh, sharing education and innovation in the field of the energy transition so one of the things they are doing there and actually Kadans is one of the partners in this um uh, is that uh, they set up an experience center and they are educating uh, pupils from uh, the primary and, and secondary school about the energy, the energy transition. And I think this is a very good example of uh, making your innovation and your knowledge useful for the local community. Edwards, uh, please speak your mind. Uh, because uh, Shaq is always good in uh, making good statements. So that, that <laughs> uh, I, I think I, I also want to nuance, uh, bring some nuances on that because uh, I, I think your example is very good, Don. So, uh, but uh, for example, um, the university wants to do research at data, and they really need the community to collect data. And how are you going to convince the the, the community to give their data? for their research if you don't involve them. That's, that's, that's almost asking someone to blindly trust you. And uh, UNCG has actually a research program, Lifelines, and that consists, I think more than 60,000 people are in that research, sharing all the information about how they sleep, what they drink, and they give information about, they give their blood, they give their urine. And if you not take them seriously, uh, and use them as part of the community, I think you're mi missing something. So th that's that's one point. And the other one is, I think, and that's uh, also what Tom mentioned, if you want to create new ideas, you want to, as soon as possible, you want to create a demo. And a demo should not be on a lab. A demo should be in a real world. So as soon as you can involve the real world around you, and they are friends, they want to help you. You, ha you already involve them with your research. They know what you're doing. If you can involve them with a demo, how much better is that? And then go for the bigger part than uh, uh, just start with the bigger part. So I, I, I have to say I don't agree with uh, uh, Jacques' uh, 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 remark. Statement. Jacques, you're laughing and you are nodding. So to conclude this little bit on quadruple helix, uh, the, the, of, did of, we change of, your mind? Uh, not really. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, um, it's, it's a little bit difficult because... Um, the things um, uh, Edward and Tom are telling, and especially uh, the example by um, uh, by Tom, um, also points in the direction of living labs. And it can be very interesting to um, uh, have people um, uh, joining such uh, experiments. But on the other hand, um, when you look, for example, at innovation districts, there is a lot um, uh, uh, that, the, that, say, management of an innovation district expect of... Um, uh, uh, the impact of the development on people living in that neighborhood or in surrounding uh, neighborhoods, which often are, at least that's the sit situation um, today, um, are low-income households. 
And we're talking about high educated um, uh, people, um, uh, innovation and things like that. And I think that the expectations, for example, um, with regard to um, the people living in those neighborhoods are too high. It may be even uh, be the other way around that prices of houses may rise because of the development of an innovation district and people might be pushed out. So I think um, it depends on um, the subject. Um, if you should um, uh, allow uh, people to uh, say the citizens to join the experiments uh, to have an impact on uh, the development of a science park. So I think it's uh, you can have different situations. All right, fair enough. I think after all, uh, every public and private investor is looking for this socio-economic impact. So uh, if you'd like to do it or not, as the management of an innovation area, you have to do this. You have to prove and you have to work on this. Yes. As we're entering the final little stretch of this very episode, I'm, I'm wondering what shall we still add towards it in this very episode? What do, what do you want to leave with the listener at the moment regarding the socio-economic impact of campuses and science parks? So I think that, that we did not discuss this point very clearly yet, but I think that and a science park is not something that's on its own. And I think that is something I want to emphasize. It's always part of something. It's part of a city. It's part of a region. It's part of a country. And I really uh, think that that is an important lesson. If you look at it from your uh, a science park as its own, you're missing a lot of good things and a lot of collaboration. And that is something that I want to well, uh, bring in this conversation that I think that is very important. Just don't look at it from your own point of view, but what what is the whole, where are you a part on and how you work together within the ecosystem? Completely agree. It's not a purpose on its own, I, sh I should say. And um, so um, make enough time and make enough money to um, make these uh, collaborations with other campuses, with the wider region and put enough uh, money into showcase your, uh, your innovations, I would say. Mm -hmm. Jacques, some fully, final words? I fully agree. Uh, like I said, uh, the example uh, Edward um, uh, gave about the uh, even possible international networks, I think that is a new stage in uh, the development of uh, areas of innovation, um, uh, including the ideas of uh, serendipity. Excellent. Yes, because I still have to be this neutral moderator, obviously, but uh, you spoke about an innovation district before, and I just learned that that is something different than a campus of a science park. But I think without the society, there's nothing to do research for or to put out new medicine or to put out new products in, in the first place. So campuses, like Tom said, are a means, it's not a goal on itself, a means to yeah, come up to, to, to come up with answers for these societal challenges. So uh, therefore, very much thanks for, for your involvement in this episode. I think campus management should be aware of the bigger picture, just like you're mentioning, uh, Edward. And um, yeah, these people need to work together and move freely, whether it is within a hackathon or move towards a satellite campus as well. So um, very insightful. Gentlemen, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. You've been listening to a special mini-series about campus development, part of Building the Future, a podcast by Cadence Science Partner. And thanks to our guests, 
Edward van der Meer, director of Campus Groningen, Jacques van Dinteren, president of IADP en Tom Streter, senior ecosystem manager at Cadans. If you want to find out more about this podcast or our guests, go to cadans.com slash podcast. Here you'll also learn more about Cadans Science Partner and how it develops campuses throughout Europe, helping them to work on sustainable solutions for the future. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast in your favorite app so you won't miss our upcoming episodes. Thanks for listening. My name is Rudy van Beurden. <laughs>